Hey y'all, it's Barb. It's Shay. We're here to talk about a murder that's gonna knock you off your feet. So giddy up y'all, this is gonna be a wild one. Hi everyone, hope you had a great weekend so far. It's Barb and Shay back with another episode. How's it going Shay? It's going good. I had a fun weekend with you and I have a fun weekend with you planned for this weekend coming up. Super excited to have a girls weekend. How about you? Um, Honestly, the same. I'm super excited and we are going to be just getting a little girls trip. So that will be great. Um, I'd like to remind you guys, if you're a new listener or just have been busy, our vote link for the voters episode this month is up on our Facebook page. Please vote. We love getting your feedback. But with that being said, let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. I got all of my information from Vicki Don Jackson Wikipedia and Vicki Don Jackson Murderpedia. So let's go ahead and get started. At the end of this, I would like to have a discussion with you, Shay, at the end of today's episode to really dig deep and tell our listeners what it is we believe to be true. Of course, our thoughts and opinions are not proven and they're just our theories. Today, we will be covering a case that takes us back 20 years. Vicki Don Jackson was born on February 13, 1966. Vicki was born in Monte County, which I've actually never heard in Texas, so I think that's it's pretty Montague. small. It is? is it, I think so. Is it sound, that sound more familiar? Montague? No. Oh. Still don't know it. I don't know it either. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like, it must be small because, I mean, we've never heard of it. But Vicky dubbed the name Angel of Death. So you get you guys may have heard of her just by that name. Um, have you heard of her before? I have. I've heard her on um, a few podcasts that I've listened to. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, same. You know, we're going to do better. No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> so there isn't too much information found on the, online in regards to who she was or how she grew up, but... She was an LPN, which is a licensed vocational nurse. Mm -hmm. She has been one since 1988 and has worked at many, many different hospitals and nursing homes since obtaining her license. Even during high school, she supposedly was an aide to many other nurses. I guess she was like volunteered and stuff like that. And it seemed like she always had a passion to help others since being a young woman. Her job was such as bathing patients, changing bandage pads, inserting catheters, giving them their medications, and that was only to name a few of her roles. She would always eat at this local local burger joint, I believe it was Dairy Queen, which was about four minutes from her job. According to local people within the town that she lived in, Vicky was a sweet, patient, and kind-hearted person, but her family was asked after everything went down with this case about how Vicky was as a person, and it was pretty much the opposite of how people described her. According to Lubbock Online, her daughter said live that, quote, she was a baby face on the outside, but hell on the inside, unquote. 
And that's pretty strong to describe as your mother. Yeah. So, I, I mean, eh, that pretty much, I mean, you as family, you know how your family is better than anyone else. You see them Behind more likely. Doors. Exactly. Yeah. So, her once dream to be a nurse to help others quickly became something quite opposite when she began taking the lives of the very people she was supposed to be helping. Sometime in the late year of 2000, she landed a job at Nokana General Hospital. I don't know if that's how you say it, but we're just going to roll with it. Mm-hmm, this hospital was really known for treating elderly patients and was considered at the time to be in the top 100 hospitals within the United States. It was a one-story brick hospital with anywhere from 10 to 20 patients daily on average. The town in which this hospital is in was quite pretty small. I mean, you can tell by how many patients they had. Yeah. And only a few thousand people lived in this town. And it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. And just for like, if you're wondering where exactly, it's a bit outside of Dallas, Texas. Between December 2000 and February 2001, so roughly three months the hospital records for elderly deaths really skyrocketed. These patients were between the ages 60 years old and 100 years old. And at the time of death were in pretty much what you would consider like a healthy um, body or like health. Why do you even say that? Pretty much they were healthy for their age. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so um, when they passed away, it really raised some eyebrows. As the hospital staff began to take note of what's been happening with these deaths, rumors began to spread that perhaps foul play was involved and just maybe someone was killing them. So, I just want to stop right there. Mm -hmm. Like, just think about having what you would consider a serial killer roaming a hospital. Like, you... You wouldn't even know until... Because they had to, like, take out the medication in their name. But... And this is 2000, so they this wasn't like back in the day or nothing. So they had no excuse not to track why she was not why she was taking out so much stuff and all. Because I'm I'm assuming that she was killing them by medication, right? She wasn't yes. like stabbing them or whatever. Yes. So it's super odd that the that the hospital wasn't tracking what medications she was taking out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um. But we'll go into that. We'll go into that right now. Oh, so. Okay. Word got around pretty quickly, and this is when the hospital hospital's administrator named Charles Norris contacted the pharmacist at the hospital due to multiple discrepancies. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> After speaking with the pharmacist, it came to light that apparently several doses of Mivercon had disappeared. The staff who were working with this at first were justifying it as poor inventory management. So they were just pretty much saying, oh, we're just losing it because we're not keeping records of it. Like, it's just disappearing type thing. So we're just saying medication is just disappearing. Yeah, So exactly. that's not a problem, I guess. Exactly. Like, you should be in trouble just for that. For real. So if you don't know what my Vercon is which i didn't really know what that was so i researched it for us and it is a medication given to you which doctors may use to induce anesthesia during intubation and it relaxes your muscles 
Usually during surgery, the medication would be given to relax your throat muscles, which would allow the tube to be inserted so that you can breathe. But in a misdose, it can actually stop you from breathing. Because it relaxes your muscles too much. Yes, Um. yes, which is so crazy to me to think like it can either help you breathe or it's going to make you not breathe. Mm -hmm. After the lead administrator began looking into the deaths and the missing medication, it all led down to a particular woman who was working on the exact shift when these patients would be a code red. Vicki Jackson. Charles Norris made a call in order that Myvercon cabinets would be locked up and only accessible if there was a supervisor present. And if anything suspicious came about, that the authorities needed to be notified right away. There you go. Start putting some stuff in there. Yes. During this time, actually, the Texas Rangers and the FBI decided to step in and began investigating the hospital because nearly 20 patients had passed away in such a short period of time with little detrimental health problems. So obviously there's a huge red flag. They were to investigate the entire theory of roughly 20 patients being poisoned to death with Mivercon. During this time, they ordered that the examinations, I believe is how you say it, of cemeteries within the radius and like particular like particular to the patients be executed promptly so later this year well i would like to say that um if you don't know what that means basically they were to dig up the patient's bodies to redo autopsy and examination of them later this year a newspaper article was released that an old polio patient who was 61 years old at the time was under the care of Vicki Jackson and he was potentially filing a lawsuit due to her injecting his IV tube with some type of drug and since then she has been fired since that article was released. After this patient received the drug he was in severe critical condition but after I think he did receive like a code red where he almost passed away. Mm-hmm. However, another nurse who was actually on call at that time came into his rescue and gave aid to him and helped him in what he needed and he survived this attack. But his life ended a few months later due to pneumonia, unfortunately. A week after that, another lawsuit was filed by the children of an 87-year-old patient in which Vicky injected him with some type of drug on December 24th, 2000. And after Vicky was fired from Nokana General Hospital, she decided it was probably in her best interest to leave the medical field and began working in a local grocery store. She worked there for a little while, and while she was still there, she was arrested and charged on four counts of capital murder in July 2002. She was remanded to a weight trial and received a $2 million bond. Oh, she got that. That ain't nothing. I was kidding. (laughs) For grocery store money. I know. So... As she waited, the authorities were still in process of digging up potential victims and studying them during autopsies. Her trial was scheduled for October 2004, 
which gave police more time to file a case against her. In January, the police were able to pin six more murders on her, which then raised her $2 million bond to a total of $6 million. Now, with the total of 10 counts of capital murder, she was surely not going anywhere. During Vicky's first trial, it really didn't amount to anything. In fact, it resulted in a mistrial because the judge felt like the prosecutor was making the jurors prejudiced towards Vicky. And I don't know how you could have done that. I mean, like, if you know what she's being charged with, how are you being prejudiced if you know that she's killed these elderly people when you're going in? Well, I want to, like, talk about that because I I don't know if there's, like, actual proof that she killed them. Like, we'll talk about that because I want to hear your thoughts on okay. everything um, towards the end of this episode. But... Apparently, the comment the comments were being made such as that Vicky had lost her husband and her children during a custody a custody battle in which would have led her to start killing patients. So that same year that those patients started passing away, she had gotten a divorce. In that divorce, she had fought her husband in custody, which she lost, and then also her another family member died that year. So, they resulted in the mistrial because they brought that all that information up and was like, okay, this is why she did it. Yeah, basically trying to give her a motive without actually being the motive kind of thing. Yeah, like she was so sad and like depressed that she really didn't know what to do type yeah. thing. So, in result, the trial was moved to a different time and place and a new jury was selected for her case. Now, during the second trial, an FBI agent decided to testify against Vicky. He stated that he can determine from his several interrogations with her that she seemed angry and really demanding of people. And within her job, she didn't like when patients demanded her to do things. Like, if the patient was saying, I need this, give me that. I need this. I need you to take me a bath. Like, it really made her angry. Mm -hmm. He also stated that she had attempted to hurt a 14-year-old girl and a 40-year-old woman who was suffering from Crohn's disease at the time. And when he asked her why she felt the need to kill these people, her reply was, quote, I don't know, unquote. Now, I don't know if that's actually true or not because it wasn't on tape or anything. That's kind of like he said, she said, but the FBI was the one testifying that. Yeah. But it says that it went from she attempted to hurt them to killing them. Yeah. So, that's interesting. Yes. Yeah. So, in the end, she accepted the life of imprisonment term. After receiving her sentence, she decided to release a statement to the public with a, like after giving an okay from her law- her lawyer proclaiming her innocence in these killings and gave her sympathies to the the patient's grieving families. And I'm I'm assuming she just accepted the life so that she wouldn't get put to death type mm-hmm. thing, but I'm not 100% sure. In 2015, she and her working defense team had a hearing and asked for a new trial, but nothing ever happened afterwards. They kind of just like blew her off. 
and she is still obviously serving her term at Christina Unit in Gatesville and will not be eligible for parole until 2042. This particular prison is a females only unit and it houses about 1500 women. This facility is one of Texas's top units for female incarcerations and not too far away from this building is the facility that holds women on death row. But that basically wraps up today's episode. I would like to hear your opinion just based on what I've told you today. Do you think Vicky killed them or not? Well, and that's also based on like what I've heard in the past and like I in my opinion, I think that I feel like she could have done it for sure because what are the odds that they're all on her her time that she's working? Um, like they're all dying and I've I've heard where she like talks to the patients rudely and like and it's only certain patients that she just doesn't agree like doesn't like and if she doesn't like them she would end up killing them or whatever but then again I can see where they were just trying to hurry up and pin it on someone but did all the deaths stop once she went in prison because I don't know I didn't look into that but that's actually a really good question because if they did then it's kind of like okay well obviously it was her but if they but then again if the person was like, oh, shoot, they're on my case. Maybe I need to stop when she gets arrested. So it seems like it's her. Oh, yeah. So it could be like both ways. Yeah, I I get that, too. That's a good point. I personally think there are are really good thought out, like, coincidences that happen. But was there really enough evidence to charge her on all counts of murder? There isn't a clear motive, really. And what else did the prosecutors have besides for her being there during that shift and missing medication. Some say it could be speculation, but I'm assuming maybe the police are withholding information and we don't know everything that has happened within this particular case. And I really don't know because you would think that hospitals have cameras like inside the facility. So maybe Mm -hmm. there was that as a part of evidence in which we don't know. Also, if they were exhuming exhuming like the bodies after the fact, then they could have been finding traces of this medication in their system, that medication that they shouldn't be having. Yep. So they could be seeing like, okay, well, this was taken out by this day because they have charts and you have to write down what this person was given. And if it's not on their charts, then something's not right. Something's not being translated correctly. And then you also, when you go into the medication cabinet, you got to sign in and now they have supervisors watching. So the supervisor has to sign you in and they're watching what you're giving. So there's probably more information that they just don't have right now. Like, they don't have to the public at the moment. But I think that there is... There's probably a lot of evidence towards her that cause, makes her seem like she did it. But... I mean, you also... Just, yeah, like, because you also have the witnesses who are filing lawsuits. So, yes. if if they were supposed to be dead, they are now saying, like... I literally saw Vicky inject into my IV line some medication that she didn't, I didn't give her permission for. I don't know what it was, but she was trying to kill me. I almost died. Yeah. You know? So there's so, probably a lot of information that just wasn't like given on to the, the public too much. Yeah. And I still have like lingering questions though, like such as why did she just now decide to start murdering? 
And, like, why was this all of a sudden, and why isn't there a trail of it? Was the divorce and the custody battle, like, it for her? Is that what drove her over the edge? And could the state prove without a doubt that Vicky was the killer, and was there physical, tangible evidence that can be proven in court? Yeah, I think, like, for your first question, it's she could have been doing it before, but less, like, aggressively. So she could have been doing it here and there instead of, like, five patients a day or whatever she was doing, you know what I mean? Or this many patients a month. So maybe she had just kind of started going up with how many people she was killing. Yeah, because of the traumatic year she had. Maybe yeah. it just, like, drove her ever the, over the edge, and she was just like, I'm done. Yeah. But... Yeah, that's a crazy episode, and it's really scary to think that if there is, like, healthcare workers Mm -hmm. really out there that does not want the best for patients and would potentially do something like this or similar to this, it's pretty scary. Yeah, and I also heard on here that, like, whenever I was listening to one of my podcasts or whatever, they were talking about how she, she just thought that it was that's why they call her the angel of death because she felt like, oh, well, you're already dying, so let me help you. That was her big thing was like, I really need to help these people who are already going to be dying soon. And she was taking it in her own hands to kill them to make them in a better, put them in a better place or whatever. But what what I, I, yeah, but like where I found in research, like there was nothing in particular that was life-threatening. Like they had health issues because they were older, but it wasn't anything like life-threatening where you're gonna die in six months or something like yeah, that. yeah but that was in her head that's crazy well, yeah. sh- nobody is god you cannot do that no. <laughs> so anyways that basically wraps up today's case and i hope you guys enjoyed it it was really interesting to me to to research this one and feel free to comment on social media or email us at, t- at tcwtm2021 at gmail.com And as always, remember that we love you and to stay out of dark places and watch your back because you never know who's lurking. Bye. Bye.